Thank you for listening to this episode of the 365 Message Center Show. Check out our website at 365mcs.com for all the details about our show. And we're on all the socials at 365mcs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 284, I think, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of the 365 Message Center Show. I am Daniel, and that over there is... Uh, Daryl. Daryl is a service right here. Oh, there he is. Yes, uh, and we do have one of the most weirdest <laughs> changes that Microsoft has done, and we're going to talk about it today. However, first things first, Yes. make sure that you subscribe to this episode by hitting that subscribe button. Actually, subscribe, I guess, to the podcast i would hope they come back for other episodes (laughs) hit the bell so you get reminded of when we post to youtube and if you're listening on audio thank you so much give us a rating in the podcast um, center wherever you found this podcast and people how about give us a share Um, what we're going to do we're going to run a contest whoever shares this episode the most across all the social media platforms we've got a prize for you next week Uh, So stay tuned. Go ahead and share across Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, all you know, all all the all the ones that matter. We are no, not those email distribution lists. How are we going to track those, Daniel? You, uh, I don't know how you do the email thing, but do the other things. Tag us though at three six five MCS because we're there. So give us a tag, and then if uh, you share this episode the most across all of those, you get a prize. I'm motivated. It's a, it's I'm a surprise. But I guess it's it's not open to friends and family. Employees are not <laughs> eligible. Okay, okay, Sorry. okay. Yeah, no problem. Daniel, there's uh, some good stuff this week, um, mm-hmm. and I'm excited Indeed. to talk about this first one. Uh, okay. Which, um, if I had my screen shared properly, I probably would be all ready to do that. So, uh, well, this know. one I think is is interesting, um, and I'm I'm kind of interested in how this plays into desktop because it's talking about all you know mobile experience. So anyway, so uh, how about making us uh, a little bit loopy, Daryl, and talking about this first uh, this first uh, message. Yeah, easily. Um, Daniel, it's it's actually something that um, closes the loop, so to speak. Ah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. So I know that many of us like to get a lot of work done on our mobiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I just got this message right, let's see if we can turn this on and make it fit. Yeah, that will do in true fashion. Um, Outlook, uh, Loop Components and Outlook Mobile MC548102. Um, and in this, uh, as it suggests, I mean, we can already use Loop on our mobiles, have been able to use components, opening them up into what's now the Microsoft 365 app. Um, but this is where the Loop component will be open and available directly within the, um, the Outlook uh, app or Outlook mobile app. Um, so that means we get the benefit of reading an email seeing the loop that's that's part of the message and it's live and interactive right there without having to go to another app and uh, so um you'll be able to send um new loop components uh, via the outlook mobile and receive them 
Daniel, there's one thing about um, uh, loop components in email that uh, makes it really convenient. If I mention you in a task or um, I send something to you or, and you get in a notification, then the notification is not just, hey, you've been mentioned, but it includes the content where you've been mentioned. Uh, and now have you found that useful at work for those of you who are starting to use Loop? I have, absolutely. Um, the, the context around that type of thing, a task, for instance, or you know, a comment where uh, asking questions or something, it, it is very valuable. Uh, the more information we get at our hands, the better. Uh, mm. and, and so having that information right there is, is very important. I think the, uh, for this, you know, I, I will say I haven't gotten as many via email uh, components, like being able to say, here, let's go, right? So what is your experience with um, working with others and you send a loop component and with the whole changing thing, because mm -hmm. when you sent an email before, uh, it was, it, you know, it was the content you sent at that time. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's no editing afterwards. Now yep. we kind of can, right? Because you're sending a loop component, which can then be edited after the send. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something people have to get used to a little bit? Uh, I think it, it depends, Daniel. Um, <laughs> it depends on, on whether you're still writing the message within the email and then the content within the loop. Now, think mm. about this. Um, I still write an email to say, hey, everyone, I've got this idea. I want you to review it and uh, add your comments. Uh, and uh, maybe I don't choose loop. Maybe I use a Microsoft Word document and I send the link. And people can go into the link. Mm. They can change that document up. Uh, it's going to be different to what it was when I sent the email and the email content, the body stays the same. The only difference with the loop is that you see that within the loop. So, um, yeah, there are some concerns people have around, oh no, the content's going to change, but the email content will stay the same. So if you're still accompanying a loop component with your message and um, what you want people to do with it, then that's not going to change. Uh, but the content within the loop will, uh, just like a Word document, just like a PowerPoint, just like a, anything you send a link to. Yeah, that's my take on it. <laughs> um, so the, the good thing about this is, um, uh, yeah, it, it helps you to, to continue on from where you left off. Uh, it is live. It compels you to actually get in there and can contribute. Um, there is still the story being built out around e-discovery. So loop components um, are discovered in a, if you run an e-discovery, it will find the content. But what they're still working on in the team is the ability to take that component, um, discover it in the e-discovery, uh, take it offline and still be able to read it and not um, change anything about it. Hmm. And they've got some good thoughts around how to do that. They just haven't got that available yet. So give that some consideration. If you're an organization that still uh, you know, has certain strict rules around um, uh, that sort of scenario and, and you want to, you know, that archiving, retention, compliance, uh, then maybe Loop is not quite ready for you yet. Hmm. But yeah, so moving along to, to that, uh, that's going to be available on iOS and Android in early May, so now-ish, and expect to be completed by late May. And I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll do a little demo about it um, when it arrives. 
but yeah, Daniel, let's move on to that next message, which is super interesting around how we might be accessing Microsoft 365 services or even cloud services from somewhere. Cloud, out. yeah, it's, I don't know how, we, how we'll refer to it now, but uh, cloud.microsoft domain for new Microsoft 365 apps, MC550044. This is something that was announced and there was some uh, conversation this past week around what does this mean and how does this um, make things maybe change? So what this is, um, is Microsoft is saying, hey, we want our uh, domain to be trusted, number one, and, and they they kind of put that out there as it's a, a something they're trying to do for security, among other the reasons, but they're going to be changing uh, in the future, uh, although we don't have too far of a, um, or too much of a, an idea when, but they're going to be changing the way we access services uh, in the cloud. At first, any new Microsoft 365 first-party app experiences uh, starting this month, May 2023, will launch on cloud.microsoft from the start. And then existing workloads will then begin transitioning to the new domain uh, later this year. Now, this is a this is interesting because if you think about it, how we uh, access a lot of our services, things like uh, Outlook uh, on the web, outlook.office.com. Mm. Um, we we access teams.microsoft.com. We we access. Um, uh, it's interesting in the blog post about this. There's a, uh, it kind of shows you services and one of them sway. I'm like, well, yeah. that was probably not the one I would have picked as an example because people are like, what's a sway? And uh, I haven't heard that in a while. Um, so they're going to be transitioning to presumably uh, later this year, right? Because not right now, but later this year to something cloud.microsoft. So Microsoft has owns their own TLD, which is the top layer level domain, like .com, .net, .co, um, all of those. So um, what's going to be interesting is how does this impact our existing workloads? And what are the new ones? What are the new apps? Uh, they say any new apps. Well, what are those? Uh, it's it's hmm. interesting to think about. But what are the what's going to happen to existing ones? So I'm assuming like outlook.office.com would become outlook.cloud.microsoft or mm -hmm. would it be outlook.office.cloud? I, I don't think so. Uh, looking at those examples, I think that's what that would it would become. Yeah. Well, the, the little animated GIF um, yes. does show outlook.cloud.microsoft, yep. loop.cloud.microsoft, onedrive.cloud. Yep. Um, so one thing... It, one thing it yeah it says Viva which okay that's interesting but it doesn't give us an example of SharePoint because mm. and this is one of the ones I'm thinking about I'm trying to figure out how they're going to do this I don't know information but things like right now in your tenant when you go to your SharePoint site uh, to your intranet site it's tenant so mine might be Daniel Company. 
um, dot sharepoint.com, it would be the root of my SharePoint tenant. Mm. Well, how is that going to play into this? Are they going, is SharePoint part of this? Is it excluded? They don't make any mention of anything excluded. So we're assuming that it is going to. So would it be danielcompany.cloud.microsoft? I don't think so. Would it be danielcompany.sharepoint.cloud.microsoft? What kind of user experience is that? Um, So anyway, I think that's interesting. I I hope you um, keep a watchful eye on this for different services because I'm assuming the redirects will be there, meaning if you go to outlook.office.com, it'll redirect you to outlook.cloud.microsoft. So I'm assuming that would happen. Uh, But what kind of experience will this be uh, moving down the road for those things they are going to be moving over? Uh, What do you think, Daryl? Do you think there's any kind of rub here some friction on this change Mm. at all this is the one i was mentioning about it's kind of odd this is a pretty big change across the board that's being announced for this year Mm. there's there's services which uh lend themselves to be easily changed in terms of you know a domain name Uh, outlook and mailboxes are kind of they're distributed already and that it, it doesn't really matter about the URL where they are because the service will point you through to your mailbox and it will piece it together with the rest of the mailboxes in your organization. Um, services like Loop, which are new-ish, now there's some interesting cloud storage that, that has changed a bit there and I think it'll be announced at Build as to, to what that is. But that that seems to be, you know, it doesn't have a tenant name in there. It just, it's found at a place so um the domain name change probably wouldn't affect that too much there either but it's when it's established like the sharepoint and onedrive and there's a pathway to a file and there's applications and all sorts of other things that use those paths uh, that i think would mean that they're they're last off the rank in terms of making those changes there's a lot of uh, things to coordinate for that change Indeed. And um, I actually just tried um, to so a couple of things. Viva.cloud.microsoft redirected to the Microsoft365.com page uh, right now. And then I just tried Outlook.cloud.microsoft and it didn't go anywhere. So that's interesting. Um, so like I said, this is rolling out May for new things. And then moving forward in the year uh, for existing things. We don't have a time frame there, but uh, I'm no pretty than, sure. No sooner than the second half. <laughs> right. Um, so, But I'm pretty sure mm. they will let us know before they start doing this. because Hey, a new service could be um, Microsoft Places. You know, that's one that hasn't been released yet. That, that might mm. hang off the new domain name. Maybe. Mm. Maybe, yeah. indeed. So, uh, talk about new experiences, mm-hmm. Daryl. I'm really excited about the new channels experience. Yeah, so within Teams, uh, channels are definitely getting a, a rework. This is uh, Microsoft Teams new channels experience, MC55081. Uh, the new channels have a, a few different things that will mm, 
flip you on your head in a bit in terms of where things are, uh, but that's a good thing. Uh, so first up is the, the compose box. Today we compose a Teams message at the bottom of a channel. Uh, and it has often and still catches people out uh, that they think that they're replying to a conversation and they're actually creating a new one. So this change is actually going to help that. Uh, the compose box comes to the top of the conversation channel. Um, rather, if we think about a channel and we visit a channel, uh, the first thing that we will see, and I might just open up a example of that. Um, let's get this open for our audience. Um, at least the those that are watching. Um, not a great image. <laughs> it's a little blurry, but uh, also describe it to our listeners. Uh, typical teams, uh, you've got teams and channels down the, the left-hand side. The new channel experience still starts with posts. Um, and what's happening is your, your post box or your compose box is at the top of that channel. Uh, you get to choose what kind of post it is, post or announcement. Um, and then immediately below that is the very, the most recent message um, that also has replies against it. So you're not going to the bottom of your channel now to see new messages. It's at the top, which is actually quite consistent with a lot of other applications and conversation um, styles. Uh, Engage, for example, is, is like this. Uh, on the other aspect of this, Daniel, is uh, the, the side panel where um, in this channel um, they want to highlight more than just here's the conversations, but here are some people that are in this channel. Um, they uh, A description of the channel, which is, is new, having a channel description. You know, we yeah, well, usually have a description for a team. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and that's good because it gives you some guidance and purpose around why have we got this channel? What's it for? Um, pinned messages. Uh, so, okay, I always think of a, a pinned message as being something at the top of your conversations, much like pinning a message in Outlook, right? Uh, but these pinned messages will be off to the side, still quite visible. If you haven't read them, it appears that they'll be bold. Again, this is just a render. And then at the bottom of that, you've got uh, some updates. So if there's anything that has changed in the channel, there's a quick way to catch up with any any things that have changed. And I think maybe that okay, mm -hmm. it just means that it's ch the, ch the description has been changed on the channel. I don't know if that means. Well, things like what I would expect to show up there, mm. hint, hint, I would expect to show up there is um, if you're adding or removing people from the channel. Right. You know, the, those updates yes. will show up there. Um, so I, I'm, I know you didn't ask Daryl because you hadn't gotten there yet, but I absolutely love this side panel being there yep. Yep. because, uh, especially on larger screens, it is totally wasted space over to the right. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, we do have that there's, uh, the hide, you can hide that thing. Um, mm -hmm. so at the, the top right, um, you can click that and it'll hide it. You know, if maybe you're on a smaller screen and you mm. don't want to see the whole panel, but, um, what I, the description is there when you create a channel now, it asks for a description. Oh, okay. It, yeah, it's optional it. because you really can't see it easily no. anywhere. No, you're right. Um, but, uh, but I'm really liking this pinned because man, it just, it, it just makes so much sense to have it readily available instead of hidden mm. behind a menu 
Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm loving this. Um, it's not uh, obvious from the image too. I'll just go back to the message, but um, some other things that are changing up here are uh, that conversations um, they sort of term it as they, they get their own space. Uh, now that means that you can you can focus on a conversation thread rather than seeing the whole channel and and rather all the conversations in a feed. Uh, that you can pop that conversation out. So it's not really in that, that screen shot that we've got as a demonstration, um, but it is one of the, the um, ways of being able to focus in on the conversation. Um, so there will be a button, much like with chat, where you can pop it out to a separate separate window and, and focus in on that. Um, we've talked about the pane, we've talked about the posts that can be uh, pinned, and they talk about simplified badging, which is badging being if you've been mentioned in a conversation that it will have that little badge beside the thread to say, hey, you probably should expand this bit here because someone said something uh, and mentioning you or mentioning the team um, and you can you can glance down there and quickly see it. So, um, yeah, these, these changes are good. I, I know there was this other one here to a view of that. It, it also affects your mobile experience. So be prepared for that. I think the most jarring change of this is that as you start to um, use it, it is all about the content being at the top. And actually from experience too, Daniel, um, it also guides you towards good practice of um, adding a subject to a new post, right? If you click into that, that new conversation box at the top, start a new post, it's going to give you a space where a subject is optional, but I recommend using one because it's easier to identify what the conversation's about. It'll have the toolbars available there too, so you can format your message. And it means that there's, it's less likely that you're going to be typing away and you, you hit enter and you're meant to actually use a new line, but you, you end up posting because you're already in an editing sense. You've got all your tools available. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, so um, I think there's going to be more changes uh, aligned to this. Uh, this is just the start, but it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, a good start. Uh, and look look for some more changes in channels. Uh, what, when is this happening? Standard and GCC will be rolling um, early June, and GCC High and DoD uh, begin rolling out mid-July. So not too far away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Daniel, um, let's shift over to looking at Viva and uh, some changes around the dashboard. Okay, great. Let's do it. This Viva Connections dashboard customization, MC54, nine three four seven and you can't tell by the title but this i think and i'm going to tell you why is mobile only uh I, there's a couple of reasons why first is the first couple of sentences say mobile in them so uh assuming this is on mobile only um but then uh, i'll explain the second reason why i believe that in in a moment but basically this is uh, a way for your end users to reorder or hide cards on their Viva Connections dashboard uh, as a per user ex uh, preference. So uh, unfortunately, we don't have a screenshot here showing us, you know, what that would even look like. Uh, we do have a screenshot that shows us as an admin that is uh, a manager of the dashboard 
being able to turn this feature on and off saying, you know, allow users to rearrange or, and hide dashboard cards. Um, so the, the way you create uh, your dashboard, you go into it and there's two experiences that you manage as an admin, as a manager of the dashboard. One is a desktop experience and one is mobile. And that's the second reason why I think, you know, it goes in line with this mobile thing is that, or the mobile thinking is that it is two separate experiences uh, from a manager perspective of how these things are arranged. Mm. So I can see why this would be mobile, but um, I could also see if that's true, how that's bad uh, because you're basically having two different um, uh, usage and views of the dashboard. Hey, I, um, I hit that card where <laughs> um, I moved it to my bottom, but it's at the top now again when I go to the desktop. Uh, that, that kind of seems like a, a stinky experience. Um, so anyway, this is, um, again, going to be per user, but the biggest thing I have with this is that what if I, as a card creator, um, as a you know, admin of my environment or what, I, I put a card on there. I target it to certain users because they need it. And then they go and hide it. Maybe it's a major communication way. Maybe I'm using it to surface important news or, or information from an HRIS system that mm. now they've gone and hidden. Um, what, what does that look like? And, and, and what does it look like from a, an experience of how does, and we, because we don't have a screenshot, how does users, how do users turn it back on? Mm. Doesn't and you know what if an admin wants everyone to have you know oh we're getting reports that everybody went and they hid this card and how do we force it back to them? It doesn't look like there's a way a method to do that other than just turn off maybe allow users this toggle yeah. maybe it resets everything we don't know uh, so th there's a lot of questions here Daryl right uh, that yeah. we don't we just don't have answers to yeah. Uh expected i guess um the way that they're rolling it out says standard release so it's not like they're even sending it out to you know your first release experience um, so you can't kind of preview it it's going to hit your organization and if you've turned the ability on or off um then it will be there and you'll just i guess see how people react to it and use it i'm with you daniel there are some cards certainly with our clients that they want to put them at the top of the list because it's used as a way to communicate certain things of value. Um, maybe it's you know having certain metrics at the top that help to drive some of the organizational goals, and you know everyone's aligned to it because they can see that there and go, yeah, we're doing great this month. That's amazing. Um, oh no, I don't want that. I'm going to hide that. So yeah, be interesting to see how this actually plays out. The only control, as you say, is is it on to allow people to change them and hide them, change the order, mm -hmm. hide them or not. Yeah. Well, and I think the really good one thing about this is they're bringing the toggle before they're going to allow users to even do it. So mm. the toggle will be there mid to late May for admins. Mm -hmm. And then for users, it'll be after that. So if it's late May, it's going to be, you know, early June for, uh, for the users for it to show up. However, I just really would like to see what that looks like 
um, so I could advise my users, don't do it. Or, <laughs> or, or, you know, for um, the support desk, how do they turn it back on, right? Mm. Um, so how do they unhide it? I, I'm, a, I'm assuming there's going to be a label hidden that says link. hidden cards yeah. that they can click and then, but anyway. Yep. And I think uh, another option I, I'd like to have too is uh, regardless of what you choose, there's still some you cards can't. that I want you to see. That's so, right. Yeah, I, I would, I'd like to be able to go into, into the card yeah. settings when I'm creating it or go back and edit it and say this card cannot be hidden. Mm -hmm. uh, period or and and or or maybe not or but and not moved right because this is also about moving right so maybe they take that really important card and they move it all the way down to the bottom mm -hmm. and it's like no <laughs> i want it at the top yeah so um I, but i do i will say i'm not saying this functionality is bad because i i actually do like this functionality I hope I don't know. I re, I don't know anything, people. But what if this is just the first step into creating your own cards? Um, mm -hmm. You know, even if it's just a simplified card of a link or um, or something like that that you can add yourself as a user hmm. um, on your own dashboard. That would be interesting, right? Because now we're yeah. getting this is a personalized experience, meaning there's somewhere now. There's going to be uh, storage per user mm -hmm. that says which cards you have hidden yep. and which cards you've moved. Mm -hmm. uh, so now there's a storage. So why not include in that storage a way to create your own your own cards? Um, you know, simple cards even. Mm. So or select anyway. from a catalog of cards. And right. Here's some here's some ones that we want everyone to see, but you might want to select some that are relevant. Yeah. To you. There's there's been uh, dashboard in a box, you know, providers, mm. uh, uh, also internet in a box providers that all do that. So mm. I'm this it wouldn't be surprised Sur surprising. All right, moving along, uh, we've got uh, uh, an update here on. Another Microsoft Teams uh, update that I think could be very useful for organizations uh, simplifying app access. Yeah, uh, 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 prepare to, to sort of go slowly with me in the title. Microsoft Teams, got it. We know what you're talking about. Colon, <laughs> install apps based on user activity with auto-install approved apps, AAA. And we're not talking about the Automobile Association. No, um, but we are talking about message MC five four eight one zero six, and that teams will be listening to the apps that your organization uses, uh, separate web apps, and uh, a couple come to mind that I use, like uh, the Mirror Interactive Whiteboard or uh, what we're saying Asana and, and other things like that. Um, that when you go to sign into those apps in the web browser on its own. Um, there are apps that are available for them in Teams. And so what will happen is uh, with this new change, uh, the service will know that, oh, you're signing in with a Microsoft 365 account that's part of your organization. Um, how about we suggest and we add those apps into Teams for you and uh, we'll let you know that we've done that so that you can use these apps within Teams. You don't have to go out to the separate web app. Uh, so that's really the summary of what that, that message is. 
Um, we've got an example of what that looks like down here. Again, we'll just blow that up a bit and so you can see um, something of that. Ooh, that's a bit big. Let's just try that in a bigger screen. So good to see um, another good message with here's, here's what it will look like. Um, you've got a activity feed notification to say apps have been added for you, just for you. <laughs> That's nice, just for you. Wow. Um, then there's the list of the apps over in the, the body or the, the bigger part of Teams where your messages are. Um, you've got the, like in this example, there's Figma, Asana, and Miro, and that you could uh, open those up. Now, they're going to be added and available going forward from that point underneath the three dots on the personal app rail. Um, and it will be over to you if you want to pin them to make them more accessible or not. But uh, Daniel, what, what, what do you think is, what else I put this, what is driving this um, suggestion or automatic adding of apps into Teams? Uh, I have some guesses. Do you want to hear guesses or? Oh, look, I, no, we don't call them guesses here. We call them uh, analysis. Oh, <laughs> yes. After analyzing all of the information I had, mm. I came up with two good reasons. Yes. Uh, one is driving people to stay within Teams, uh, even though they're using third-party apps that there's apps for in Teams, right? So yep. stay in within Teams, not pop out to a browser. Um, the second one, though, took a little bit more analysis, uh, a little more time for me to dive into the data. Um, and speaking of data, it, it, that's the reason I want this reason is around data. Uh, what wouldn't it be nice for Microsoft to say, hey, we have driven, you know, 100,000 users to Figma this month mm. through Teams, um, you know, or, or, you know, similar. Right. So, yeah. hey, we're driving content. And then wouldn't it be interesting to say, hey, we're, we're driving content. Uh, for that, hey, app developers, 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 wouldn't it be nice, 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 nice for us to drive that much, you know, to, or more to your content, right? Mm -hmm. So develop Teams apps. Come on, you can do it. See, we have users uh, doing that. And so, you know, maybe that's it. I, maybe, yeah. Again, that's just my, you know, analysis. Folks, I like that. Uh, I, no, I'm, we're going to keep using that word because it makes us sound really smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think it is a, a good thing. Uh, kind of on a usability level too, um, maybe I'm going to continue using them in a separate web browser because it gives me more real estate. And that currently Teams will forget where I am if I change between apps. Now, we're yet to see as as the Teams 2.0 comes out and it, it goes into GA uh, where there's certain things that will change in that experience. Um, but, yeah, I, I can see that one other advantage of adding these apps for you is it's not just about having them on the app rail. It means they're now going to be available for you in a Teams chat, in a conversation, adding to a meeting. Um, they're already installed for you so that they're ready to go when you need them. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, what was the dates around here? Message summary. Somewhere down here we'll have, when will this happen? <laughs> here it is. Here it is. Um, <laughs> so that's the other part. And I'll, I'll try and keep this short and less confusing. Um, apparently some of you have got this message already. Yeah. And so 
if you're seeing this message again, it means that uh, you will be seeing this capability in middle of May. However, if you have not seen this message, um, then uh, in this same message, uh, this will be the first time you've seen it, uh, then uh, it will be complete late June for you coming out mid-May. So we found that interesting. Um, aside from the message Very. content itself, <laughs> that it's a, an interesting way to roll it out to, to an early group of people to say, here's the message, it's coming, prepare, but only to a small group of users. And then this one brings it all back together again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's yeah. like they did a pilot or something. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's it's very interesting how they did that. Yeah. Oh, finishing off, Daniel. Uh, and mm -hmm. we've, we've kept them in after class for a bit long. Um, yep. But uh, tell us about this last one. Well, this one's a quick one anyway. Viva Engage iOS and Android apps navigation updates MC double five double zero eight seven. This one is um, a pretty simple change. They're taking the access of um, and moving the inbox and notification shortcuts that are in the bottom in the app and putting them in the top right. Um, and that way, uh, you, they, they say you have easier access to it. I personally feel like it's to give better uh, spacing down at the bottom. And so you can, um, you know, you know, uh, see those things as well. So, but it is easier access, so you don't have to go into. Is it though? I mean, yeah. where's my thumb? Where's right. my thumb? It's down the. You bottom. need to you need to move your thumb to the top. Oh, uh, okay. just remove it from that part of your hand, and put it at the other part. So this is uh, rolling out early May, so nowish, mm -hmm. and expect to be completed by late June. So it's going to be a couple of a month rollout, but. Um, Pretty simple change here. Something that you may want to communicate if, if you are using Viva Engage and have encouraged your users to uh, use the app, mobile applications, then maybe give them a heads up on what's coming. Uh, whether that's in your newsletter, in your lunch sessions, in your trainings, or however you communicate that out to your change agents in your organization, this is something you, you might want to consider uh, letting them know. Mm. Yep, they've moved your cheese, but they're making space for for other types of cheese. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's places for storyline, communities, answers, etc. Down the bottom. I guess that doesn't really say that in the message, does it? Oh, you're just guessed at stuff. Well, they gave me a render. What else am I supposed to guess? That's right there. You just totally picture. guessed, okay. guessing. But that's what we do. We do. No, it's not guessing. Analyzed. It's analysis. You yes. you, you analyzed mm. it. All right. Indeed. Well, that, that is the show. Uh, thank you for, for staying in after class because we, we deliver value. And because we <laughs> deliver value, we want to remind you to, to continue to keep tapping into that value. Um, do subscribe if you haven't. Do like this to say that you found it valuable. Thumbs up, people. Uh, yep. And if you've been listening to this uh, podcast episode and wherever you get your podcasts, then mm. uh, do the same. Uh, leave us a, a rating. Um, yeah. Let Give us, us a share. Remember, on the socials, at 365MCS, uh, everywhere that's important. Prizes. Prizes are involved, <laughs> apparently. A prize. Well, prizes. we'll see what they are. Yeah, okay. Still still yeah. going to draw that down from our, our budget. Mm -hmm. That's correct. So the, the person who shares most across all the social channels, where we are, we're going to give you a, a nice prize. Fantastic. Okay, we'll see you again next week, everyone.
Bye for now.